Amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. I am so thankful that you are here. And for those of, uh, of you who are listening on our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together here at New Hanover United Methodist Church. Now, these past two weeks, we were able to do a two-week sermon series that was titled, We Can Do More Together. And I want to thank Pastor Gill for bringing last week's message. And just a recap of that uh, message, he brought to you that we need to press on to perfection. We need to forget the past and look forward to the future. We need to move forward, focused on our heavenly prize. Now, if you missed it because you were on vacation, you know, Labor Day weekend, I encourage you to go to our website at newhandoverumc.org, and you can also hear the recorded message through our podcast. Now, even though our series is over, that two-week series, We Can Do More Together does not end. It's actually our year-long, the 2019 theme, We Can Do More Together. Now, why is that important? Now, if you were away these past two weeks during all worship services during the weekend of August 24th and 25th, it was announced that we are the new owners of the vacant New Hanover YMCA located at 3065 North Charlotte Street here in Gilbertsville. That's the same location we've been talking about that we named North Campus. Now, how can you get involved? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> next, week <we> will, <laughs> next week, we will share information on how you can uh, help us to get North Campus up and ready. Again, we can do more together. Okay, now let's focus on today. For those of you who are here for the very first time, if you'd like to take notes, inside your programs in the right-hand side are fill in the blanks. Uh, the answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my message. And we've also allowed a few more spaces if you want to take additional notes, including other scripture references that will be shared with you. Now, for most of you who are, are sports fanatics, and you know, today is the first Sunday of the NFL season. How many of you are excited for that, right? Wow, wow, okay. The first Sunday. And some of you may say, what's the NFL, right? <laughs> National Football League, some of you don't even like football here and there, but here's what happens. So many people are excited about this uh, uh, season, about the, the new day. Uh, here's the first Sunday of NFL and all these football games. So we as a church want to get excited also. So we're going to be presenting a four-week sermon series that is titled Game On, Becoming a Better Teammate, just like in front of your programs. We'll present different topics every week of how they, we can utilize what they do in the gridiron and how we're able to transpose it into our spiritual walk in our lives. So I'm so excited for this series. I mean, today's theme and the sermon title is The Twelfth Man. Next week is Put Me In, Coach. The third week is Play to the Whistle. And the fourth and final week is The Comeback. So I encourage you to come out, you know, and don't miss one. Uh, so let's begin. If you're able to, please stand for the reading of God's Word as found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, I'll be reading from the NLT version. Now, those words will be up on the screen, but you may have your own Bible, different translation, follow along, or if you are on your device with version uh, app. So, again, verse 1, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us. 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. That is the reading of God's word. Let me just pause for a word of prayer before you sit down. And God, we come to the moment of this service to hear of your word. We've given, Lord, through singing, through our offerings and tithes. Lord, what happened this past week, and, and here we are in the midst of the beautiful day, we come together to worship you. And we've done that, Lord, and let us be able to receive a word today that will be practical and related to everyday life. So we're so thankful, Lord, and how we're able to utilize what they do in the football fields and, and how we're able to apply it in our spiritual walk. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you a story talking about football, you know, and everything else. Again, you may not know about football, but I just want you to take the analogy that's being utilized and how we're able to help in our spiritual walk. Back in uh, January uh, 2nd, 1922, I was told there's a story of a college football team that's that is named the, the Texas A&M. They were the Aggies. And they were going and battling against another opponent. I mean, and they were getting creamed. I mean, they were getting injuries and things like that. There was a squad player that was up in the press box, and he was helping out the reporters to let them know who is playing and who's on the field and what's happening. But here's the truth is that what was happening on the field wasn't pretty. I mean, as the coach, it was a coach Bible that he, as he looked around and he's getting players that were hurt and he's, and he's calling them up and, and he's seeing that his bench is dwindling and for those who are able to be out on the field. And he remembered this squad player of E. King Gill. Now, no relation to Pastor Gill, okay? But there's this E. King Gill who was up in the press box. Uh, the, the coach calls him down and then goes behind the bleachers, says, suit up, and he, he goes there. He puts on a uniform from another player that got knocked out the first quarter, and then he's ready to go. He's suited up, and he's ready to go at a moment's notice that the coach is able to call him in. It happened to be that the Aggies did beat out this other opponent 22 to 14, and it's one of the biggest upsets in, in college history at that time. And what was so important? It was known as, uh, he was known as the 12th man. Why? Because on the field there were 11 players, and the 12th man was ready to go at a moment's notice when it was called upon to be out there and be on the field. And while they were waiting, also a part of the fans is called this, uh, in Texas A&M, is called the home of the 12th man. And you see this picture here. Where the students are able to stand throughout the game and be part, be connected with what's happening on the field, even though they are not playing themselves. I don't know about you, but I like to watch my football and any other type of sports, but on with the TV, Right? I don't have to worry about traveling. I don't want to have to worry about uh, the, the traffic. I'll just be able to go into my living room, my couch, just to watch the game, and I can see almost every, uh, you know, close-up of the players, what's happening, the coaches, the fans. But you know what I love also is going there in person, live. It is so different when you hear the, the, the stadium, that rumbling and the, all the yelling because they're going with their team and they're trying to throw off, you know, offsides of the other team when they're on offense and, and hear the calling out defense and, and just how the, those players, I was in the field at one, you know, one time in my life, I can just a, a appreciate the fans going out there, known as the 12th man. 
Now, why do I say that? It brings us into our first point today in today's scripture reference. The first point says that we have our 12th man and we can be one. We have our 12th man. In the scripture reference of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the first part says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let me pause there. In the previous chapter, this is chapter 12, but in the previous chapter 11, the Bible is talking about how people live their faith in the Old Testament. They gave names, and you don't have to look at it now, but maybe this week, if, you want, if you're interested, who was named? I'll give you a few of them, like Abraham and Noah and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, Moses and Rahab and Gideon and Samson, or just a few, and all of the other prophets. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the ones that were cheering us on. They're just a few, but can you imagine Daniel? Can you imagine Elijah, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? How they're able to cheer us on because we're able to look back into the Old Testament and see what they went through in life. They went through challenges. They went through accomplishments and how those stories can also be lived in our lives because we also need times of encouragement. We, when we are feeling down, what happened in the Old Testament times? How did God bring about that individual or that the people of God out of harm's way? We can have their stories and they can be our 12th man. For many of you know that I, uh, I can relate to uh, Joshua. When Moses had passed away and they were leading God's people to the promised land, and God, the, the words to Joshua says, you know, uh, be strong and courageous. The same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. I mean, what, whatever character in the Bible, whatever story was happening and how it can relate to us, they can be our 12th man because there are going to be times in my, there have been times in my life that I have been down and saying, not, not more about the depressed, but I'm talking about down, it didn't go my way, and all of a sudden I remember. I remember what happened to Joshua. I remember what happened to Moses. I remember what happened to Gideon. I remember we utilize their experiences and how we're able to strengthen ours in our spiritual walk. Why is that important? In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, the Bible said that all these people, the names, some of the names that I share with you, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. You see, that's our legacy. To our faithful encouragers, those who have gone before us, they are our 12th man. We certainly can't forget about Jesus, who knew our griefs, who died our death and rose for our own resurrection. He gave us the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel book of John, chapter 14, verse 26, he's telling his disciples, the Holy Spirit will remind you and teach you everything that I have said. The Holy Spirit, we cannot forget about the Holy Spirit being our 12th man. Words of encouragement pushing us in the direction that God wants us to go. Now question, in your life, who is your 12th man? Is it your grandma or your grandpa? In today's example, if you are here for the baptism, 
Is it your, your, your godmother or your godfather? Are they your 12th man? And for me, the godfather, I, I think that you have to be the 12th man. As a, when, the, when the child goes and says, it says, hey, godfather, you can say, I got, you know. <laughs> I try to do it. <laughs> How's it go? It says, I got a, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's your 12th man, your parents, or your kids, or, or your, your uh, co-worker. Is it a stranger? I remember when I told my family that I was going into ministry. I mean, we're a, a close-knit family. We're a large family, but we're a close-knit family. And I told them I was going into ministry. And even though they knew I was not going to be there on a norm, normal basis as I was growing up, they came together and they prayed with me and they supported me. I mean, the first ministry I had in Columbia, Pennsylvania with my wife, Ani, it was called Kids Galaxy. And there were times for three months, ladies and gentlemen, they would gather, uh, family members would gather on Thursday nights and travel almost an hour to go and help me for three months. That was commitment. They didn't see a lot of me. They kept on going, and now they hardly see a lot of me because I'm, I'm farther away. But they're, here's the part. 19 years later, they're still, I still consider them my 12th man. And isn't it awesome when we can receive words of encouragement and support? Going back to the story of the Texas A&M, the Aggies. Hear the words, we have a little clip, and hear the words of Coach Bible, the one who called down E. King Hill from the stands and to be at the ready, and this is his words. And I just don't, let me repeat, I just don't think you can have any finer tradition than the fact that your people up in the stand are ready any time they're called. I know, the audio wasn't as good back then, but just to be able to hear those words from that coach, this is the quote. It says, I just don't think you can have any finer tradition than the fact that your people up in the stands are ready anytime they're called upon. See, our point today is that we have our 12th man. The second part of that first point is that, and we can be one. It's possible that some of you here today for those of you who are listening in our podcast, that you don't know the feeling of getting words of encouragement or getting support. And then you find yourself asking, how can I be one? Well, let me say this. I've heard it in various times throughout my life, and I hope it helps you out today. When you're feeling down, take your eyes off of yourself and go and help somebody. Get away from your self-pity party and go and encourage somebody else. I'll give you an example. Hopefully it helps you out. When I'm, you know, not, things are not going my way, it's like, oh, I should have done this, or I should have done that. It's more, one of those the self-pity parties type of thing. I usually go out and go through a drive-thru, whether it's Dunkin' Donut or Starbucks or McDonald's, you know, things that are, I just go, and for the sake of paying for the person behind me. Now, that being said, I don't want anybody stalking me behind me at all, you know, throughout. <laughs> But, but what I do is that I'm able to go and, and forget about me, even for a moment, because all oh, it's about me and about me and about me. I put those things aside, and I am telling the cashier person, go ahead, and I'm, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. I don't even know them most of the time. 
But the, here's the part is that I'm taking the eyes off of myself and I want to bless somebody else. And therefore, in taking my eyes off, of, I am blessing someone and I get happy. I can only imagine their expression in their face when they're about to pay and their cashier says, it's all good. It's already taken care of. The person in front of you paid for it. And that's my joy. I'm, I, I, and I try to take off. I, I, don't, I don't want them to come and follow me and say thank you. I don't need all that. Just the excitement of knowing how they can feel, especially if they're having a, a worse day than I am. It's so awesome to do that. Oh, and the times, and I can thank God. God, thank you for the opportunity of having the finances to be able to pay for somebody behind me. I wish I would learn to ask, how much is it, right? <laughs> it's like, what? I thought they only got a drink. They got a couple uh, extra value meals and that. No, no. But it's, it's how you feel, how, what you're doing. And that moment, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking at it in that way, I am becoming the 12th man to somebody in their life without knowing how they're living and how their day is going on. So think about it. Who are we presently being the 12th man to? Who are we cheering on? Who are we lifting up when they have fallen? Let's continue. Second half of the first verse, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God, God has set before us. Second point today is that we need to remove the obstacles that slow us down. What are the obstacles that hold back, uh, hold you back from running the race effectively? A runner usually wears very little to, to continue to make sure from starting point to the end they're able to not carry so much. And it's happened even most recently with the 5K run. There were runners that didn't have the shirt. So they, they wanted to not have anything that was going to affect the way that they're running and get to the finish line. Let us put aside all sin and distractions. Our sin keeps us from being effective in our ministry and in our walk with God. It hinders us from being a good teammate. I'm sure uh, you know people who have had extreme talent and yet, due to poor choices, whether it's laziness, arrogance, selfishness, jealousy, just to name a few, they impact the team in the most negative way. Teammates that make it uh, all about themselves have a such negative impact on the rest of the whole team. We need to live with an others first mentality. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. You see, our lives and our testimony should not become stumbling blocks to other people, to other teammates. And we should, uh, we should be able to pick them up when they are stumbling. Another scripture reference is found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, where the Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome, 
by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. You see, truth be told, we all fall short of God's glory. Who among us is without regret or disappointment or failures? Who among us is without sin? You see, don't judge another person because they fall. In fact, I've heard it mentioned, uh, I've heard it said before that if we find ourselves looking down at somebody, let it be because we're helping them to get back on their feet. Amen? We've got to be able to do that. We need to remove the obstacles that slow us down. So how can we do this? Verse 2 helps us out a little bit here. The verse 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on who? We keep this by keeping our eyes on who? Jesus. This Jesus, the, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. So the third point I want to share with you is keep our eyes on the prize. Now, Pastor Gill talked a little bit about this last week. When we focus, when our focus is in the right place, we will not waver from side to side. Our focus cannot be on us, but on our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What has Christ asked us to do? What is his plan for you and your involvement in ministry and service? You don't have to have a, a, a title to be involved in ministry. Jesus gives us the spiritual gifts and the talents and the abilities to do things to honor him. Ministry should be part of our DNA. Keeping an eye on the prize is so important. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You see, as individual members of the body of Christ, we can do our, our own things. But at the same time, we have to come together and form that one body. We have to be that 12th man encouraging others to be able to continue to push forward. When things seem like, just like the Texas, the Texas A&M team, that when they were getting beat down, that there were injuries taking place here, that the crowd came along, and the, the other team members came along to be able to fight through it. There are going to be defeats in our lives, and there's no doubt about that. Just because you give your life to Christ doesn't mean that you do not go through defeats. But it's so important when your 12th man, when your team is there, knowing that you're not doing this alone. That we can pray with you, that we can support you. But also how you're able to take your eyes off of yourself, knowing why we're doing this, and that is for the purpose to give honor and glory to God, coming together to worship, coming together to serve others. So this Game On series is just the beginning. and you know, We're so excited to be able to do the next three weeks of how to build up on it. How we're able to take what happens over in the gridiron and also see how it impacts our spiritual lives and our walk with God and with our neighbor. So I want to share with you a few next steps. 
The next step is make time to write down possible obstacles that are interfering with the life God has intended for you to live. And then start removing them one by one. Sometimes people make a list of the obstacles and they realize this is too much, I can't do it. How about just knocking them out one by one? And also be our, be our 12th man. Make it a point to encourage our staff and ministry leaders and volunteers to continue going forward, even when we're tired, even when we're up in the morning and we're like, oh, it's like another day. I got, I got to go to church and I got to serve here. I got to serve there. Well, how important it is when whatever people are going through that they can hear, thank you for serving. It's great seeing you here. That's what I try to do on a regular basis, those who serve. I can't do this on our own. They can't do it on our own. How we're able to be the 12th man in the, in the body of Christ. Also making sure if you're in need of prayer, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, our lay pastor and Stephen ministers will be up on the front to pray with you and for you after the worship service here today. How can you be the 12th man of somebody? You'll never know who needs it. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. Let the, uh, let the, the scripture, the, the Bible uh, individuals that we read today and, and, and we heard about their names, how can they help us and be our 12th man? We have it, and we can certainly be one of them. Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, we are thankful for your grace, your mercy, the power you give us of your precious Holy Spirit, that we can become a, a better teammate of how we're able to be equipped with the gifts you give us, the talents and the abilities not for our own sake, but how we'll give you honor and glory in what we do. Doing this together, how it impacts the world, letting them know that you are still alive and well because of what we are doing. We need your help. We can't do this alone, God. Let the precious Holy Spirit be our 12th man and let us remember that. In the midst of times that we don't think that we're able to come through or pull through, that we know that we have the power of the Holy Spirit with us. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your guidance. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as you head out today, may God's peace, the guidance of the precious Holy Spirit, be with each and every one of you, knowing that the Holy Spirit you heard today can be a source of encouragement, a source of power to be able to pull through whatever difficulties you may have in your life and also share with God the, the, uh, enjoy, you know, the things that you've accomplished and celebrated. May God be with all of you and God's people will all say, Amen. Please stand for the closing song.